live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Continent take you until noon. Bottom of the hour, Rob Doster, college basketball conversation from the national perspective with Rob Doster about 1130. Right now, he's David Kaplan. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible uh, for Cappy to join us every Wednesday, and he's with us with so much to talk about. But before we get into that, Cap, uh, on behalf of uh, all of our listeners here who enjoy your your appearance with us every Wednesday, uh, condolences to you and your brother and your family on the loss of your mother just before Christmas, Cap. I greatly appreciate it. I got to hold her hand as she passed, and you know, she'd been in ill health, but we didn't think it was coming that quick. So I greatly appreciate you. Cap, uh, let's get to it. Um, there's so much to talk about. we got to start with the Cubs, the U Darvish. Uh, it was not popular when you uh, took the uh, your Twitter followers kind of behind the curtains to, to explain to them why this is going on, that this is a cash dump, that things are going to change on the north side, at least in the immediate future, that they've got to shed salary, and that's what they're doing. Uh, fans didn't want to hear it, though, Cap. You, you took a lot of blowback, but that's exactly what happened, isn't it? Yeah, and I, it's funny. You know, I, I like to say Twitter's where a lot of idiots go to play because they're anonymous. They're behind you know, their iPhone or keyboard, and they, they would never come at me face-to-face because none of them have the guts to do that, but they do on Twitter. And all I was trying to say was it's pathetic that a team in this market has to do what they're doing. I get resetting under the luxury tax. That's totally different than taking two 17-year-olds and an 18-year-old and a a journeyman pitcher and giving away a guy who really fit well in your clubhouse, was runner-up for the Cy Young. Now, in the Cubs' defense, they could say to you, he's never put a full season together for the Chicago Cubs. He's going to be 35 because – 2018, he was injured. Out. Doesn't do anything, and everyone's like, what a horrible contract. How could you guys have been that stupid to not sign Jake Arrieta? You guys remember it. Everyone was screaming, Theo's an idiot. What is he doing? Well, the next year, he stinks until July 1st. And then he starts using his fastball and his cutter more, and from July 1st through the end of the year, he's one of the best pitchers in the National League. And then everyone said, we'll prove it next year. Well, then the pandemic hits, and he makes, what, 12 starts? He was very good in 11 of the 12 starts. But is he ever, for the Cubs, in a 162-game season, had a full, really good year? And now he's going to be 35 in August. So I understand trading him. I do. I understand getting under the luxury tax. I do. But, man, oh, man, when you're not going to get any return from anybody other than a journeyman pitcher named Zach Davies for, I don't know, three years at least, four years, 
guys are 17 years old. Right. So maybe they'll turn out, maybe they won't. I think people were, wait a minute, you charge us the second highest ticket prices, you charge 12 bucks for a beer in Gallagher Way, and now this is what you're going to do? So I understand the outrage. they got to understand the impetus behind it. So reading uh, through the article that you are a part of by Gordon Whitmire over at NBC Sports Chicago paints a very dire financial situation for this Cubs front office and, and what they're dealing with with the Ricketts family. If you can, just take us deeper down that financial path and, and just how bad things are right now. At least it looks on the surface for this ownership group. So when you have massive revenue streams, then having a bunch of debt on your books actually is a good thing if you're going to use that debt to bring in more revenue. And that's what they did. They bought up almost, I think there's one or two rooftops that haven't sold, but every other one sold to the Ricketts family. So now they control all the rooftops. Brilliant. Brilliant. So if you're selling out your games and you got a really good team, you go, well, my skyboxes are sold out. But I could sell you a, a, a day on one of those rooftops and you control the market. Brilliant. Now you're going to renovate your stadium to have video boards, signage. You're going to have Gallagher Way and take in millions. You're going to put a Starbucks there, a hotel, restaurant. When they're getting 42000 a day and they're competing to go to the playoffs and hopefully win a World Series, brilliant. Well, all of a sudden, you've got somewhere between 500 and a billion dollars still left in debt on your balance sheet. The debt service on that is massive. Someone over there told me they have a billion dollars. Someone else I talked to last night said it was a billion, but we've paid a good chunk down, but it's still north of 500 million. So let's just say they owe 500 million. Do you know what the interest payments are? <laughs> not I'm not talking about paying the, the principal right. down. Just the interest. So now Starbucks says to you, wow, this pandemic hit, we're paying you 500 grand a year in rent. That's a lot of freaking coffee you better sell. And from what I was told by someone who would know, the Cubs said, hey, you signed a lease. And the Cubs are desperate for money. And Starbucks blacked out the windows two weeks ago, took the signs down and said, see in court, we're out. And they left. And now you got other restaurants across the street who are going, we can't make these payments you got Madden's post is empty because he's not the manager anymore. So all of a sudden, your revenue streams start to dry up. No fan. 60 games instead of 162. You have a TV station in Marquee, mm. which is not getting what it expected to get, A. B, I've been told that people over there are like, we don't get any better uh, you know, insights from the Cubs than people who have contacts like me or Gordon Whitmire or Patrick Mooney or whoever it is. And so they don't have any of these advantages built in. And so all of a sudden, your TV station is struggling. They're actually not bringing in the same revenue that they brought in in the NBC Sports Chicago, ABC7, WGN days, which ended at the end of the 19th season. So all of a sudden, you're like, well, why did you start a station and put all that money into it and then whoever's programming that thing, I mean, it. the day Theo Epstein speaks at the end of the regular season, he speaks that Monday after the season. So they get eliminated by the Marlins on Saturday or Friday. Monday, Theo speaks. 
Guess what? We carried it at NBC Sports Chicago. Marquee had a wow. fishing show on. Wow. So it's just a train wreck right now. Oof. David Kaplan is our guest. Cap, uh, we promised our audience we'd ask you this. Have they announced uh, Len Casper's replacement yet? Chris Myers was a name that was floated right away. Uh, what, what's the latest? Who's going to do the television play-by-play? They have no idea. They do not know. Now, I have heard that they're making overtures to Boog Shambi. Who, let me just tell you, is one of the nicest human yep. beings and one of the best baseball broadcasters out there. If they get Boog Shambi, then they lost a star in Len, but they're getting somebody who I think would be really, really good. But is Boog Shambi going to do that? Is he going to give up his ESPN gig? I don't know. I'm sure he makes really good money. And Sinclair, who owns Marquee with the Cubs, they're not known for paying. Cap, mm. uh, the, um, there's more speculation out there. Contreras' name is out there now. What's next? Is don't believe it. it don't, don't believe, believe that? Okay. Is there is there another name we could believe? Is there is there somebody else? I mean, Chris Bryant, obviously, would uh, come to mind. What about the rest of the roster, Cap? Uh, I, here's what I think will happen. Anthony Rizzo is the face of that team. Has been for the last 8, 9, 10 years. In fact, he got here in 2012, so that's what? We're going into the ninth season, I think, maybe yep. the tenth. Uh, Anthony Rizzo's deal is up at the end of the next season. They cannot take that TR hit. Now they're going to have to, you know, convince him to take less years. I don't think they're worried about the money as much because of the value he brings in such an incredible role model way, and he's a hell of a player. So I think you're going to see them some point during the season get a deal done with Rizzo that keeps him from free agency and it effectively will have him retire as a Chicago Cub. Now, I don't think they're going to give He's 31, to thir- turning 32. I don't think they're going to give him an eight-year deal. I think they'll give him like a four-year extension, something like that, Some, somewhere in the vicinity of $80 million, $20 million a year, put some incentives in there. Now, is he being underpaid by baseball standards? Maybe. But he's got a back issue. He's going to be in his early 30s. That's not usually kind to power-hitting first baseman. You can find younger guys. But he's such an amazing person, they can't take that PR hit. So I do think they'll get a deal done with him. I can tell you, and I just want to be clear, Chris Bryant, who I like very much, Chris Bryant went to the press conference last spring because we talked about it on your show. And the question was, do you regret turning down the extension? And he looked right in that camera with 100 media people at uh, Mesa and said, I don't know where David Kaplan came up with that story. I don't know. I was never offered an extension like that. Let me just be clear that everyone who's listening now on your podcast, whatever, he was offered $225 million every single dime guaranteed. $25 million more in incentives. He was definitely wanting to sign it and his agent told him not to. And so now he will never come close to that amount of money. So he could tell you all he wants that he wasn't offered it. I know for a fact that he was. I could tell you they offered massive extensions to Addison Russell. Thank goodness for the Cubs' perspective. He didn't take it. Wilson Contreras, Kyle Schwarber. The only guy that took it was Kyle Hendricks. That's it. 
David Kaplan joining us here as we take a look at Chicago sports. Well, it's it's crazy. Our conversation is usually Ken wants to talk football all the time, <laughs> unless it deals with the Cubs. So we're going to bring it back to football now and talk about our Chicago Bears on the doorstep of a playoff berth. All you have to do is beat the Green Bay Packers. Sets up beautifully, certainly for fans and, well, for Sports Talk Radio, it's got to be pretty fun too, Cappy. Oh. Now, I'm off this week. They always give us the last week of the year off. And then, obviously, with my mother's situation, um, you know, that knocked me off the air the last couple days last week. It was Christmas, all of it. But I will tell you that this is the biggest game of Mitchell Trubisky's life. Mm-hmm. It's the biggest game of Matt Nagy's life other than the playoff game that he coached. And I truly believe they've got a shot to win this thing. And the amazing thing will be if Mitch is back here on a, I don't think they're going to give him some, you know, Jay Cutler-like extension, but I do think there's a chance that he is back here next year on a two-year extension. I I think that's a definite possibility. Hmm. Kat, from where they started and then obviously the free fall that they were in to have it turned around, what's behind this, Cap? What's What's the reason? Is it just simply going back to Trubisky and for whatever reason a light kind of came on while he was standing on the sidelines watching Foles? What's behind it? The offensive line's been way better, but there has to be more. What's behind the resurgence? Okay, here's what's behind the resurgence. And I like Matt Nagy very much. But he was stubborn. It's my scheme. He doubled down in the offseason when they fired Harry Heastan, who's the best offensive line coach in the world, and brought in his friend Juan Castillo, who'd been let go in Buffalo a year earlier. He doubled down and said, it's not the players, it's the scheme. And so we have to coach it better. And we know that wasn't true. That was a mistake. And finally, when he had to go back to Mitch, he had been proven, hey, guess what? And I said it to you guys when they made the trade. I've been out with you guys for years. Mm-hmm. Nick Bowles is as pedestrian a journeyman quarterback as there is. And the people screaming, you've got to start Nick Bowles. Nick Bowles can't run that system with this talent any more than Mitchell Trubisky could. So now they finally, after they're in a six-game losing streak and they get their head handed to them by Green Bay, and I mean crushed, defensively, offensively, the whole deal, I believe somebody, either Ryan Pace, or George McCaskey, or a combination, went to Matt Nagy and said, you like making $4 million a year? You want to still be the coach of the Chicago Bears? Then tailor your freaking scheme to the guy who's playing quarterback for you. Get him on the edge, get him moving, run the GD football. And guess what? That's what they finally started doing. I've told you guys from the day they drafted him, I love David Montgomery. He's not going to be Walter Payton. No one else is. But David Montgomery is a damn good football player. Hard nose, yep. He can be Neil Anderson and maybe trend in that direction. How about that name? Good one. Cornerback. So last week, the rookie who's been really good at times, Jalen Johnson, Buster Scrine, really nice nickel type of guy. Both those guys are out. So it was a lot of the fifth-round rookie, Kendall Vildor, and it was ugly in the first half of that one. Where are we at injury-wise? Because yeah, Fuller can do a lot, but going against Devontae Adams, he's going to need a lot of help. How thin do you believe the Bears are going to be at cornerback this week? Uh, we'll find out today because they're going to do a walkthrough this afternoon. They're not going to hit it all. And we'll find out if Jalen Johnson's on the field. The indications are he's going to try to go this afternoon. Okay. We'll find out. I mean, it's a shoulder, and that's a big problem mm. when you try to pass the fan and you can't get your arm above your head or you try to you know, tackle somebody and it's hard to wrap people up. So we'll find out, but I, I think he's going to try this afternoon and see how practice goes. So 
We will find out. But the key to the whole game, here's the key. One, run the football. <laughs> and if it gets stuck, run it again and run it again and run it again. Short passing, which is just like a running game. And then you got to pressure Aaron Rodgers. If you don't get pressure on the quarterback, the game's over. Hmm. Cap, two, uh, two quick hits. John Lester, does this news of Darvish make it any more probable that he's a Cub? Obviously, he's not going to make what he once was making, but I'm not sure he needs to. John Lester, Cub, yay or nay? Um, I think they'll have the money, and I think they'll make an offer, and I think he really wants to accomplish some gold. He's won rings. It's not like he has to go somewhere else to win a ring. But if they don't feel like they have any chance of competing next year, then... Why does he come here? For what reason? Mm. And He's trying to win like 12 more games, which probably would get him into the Hall of Fame. He's going to put himself in the best position to do it. I'm going to say he comes back because he's already won three rings, but it's going to be tight. I hope he does. I like him out there. He's a bulldog. Uh, and last yep. thing, Cap, uh, Jonathan Taves, this news is, uh, I think it's alarming. The, the Blackhawks captain, oh, it's speaking scary. of rings, what, what is behind this, Cap? Do you know? We don't know. I've made call after call to people who know him, and they've all said he's been very lethargic, and he's dealing with a medical issue. That's all we're being told. Mm. Rooting for him. Uh, really good player. Obviously, not what he once was, but he's still a gamer. Uh, and where's the C on that jersey? Cap, Happy New Year. Thank you for what you do for us. We'll talk to you uh, next Wednesday, Cap. Appreciate you coming on. I look on. forward to it, and thanks again for what you said about my mom. Absolutely. Mean it from my heart. Thank you, Cappy. Good to talk to you, pal. Bye-bye. Uh, David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa. Sponsors are uh, Buddy David Kaplan. Uh, Centurion Stone's offices will be closed, as you would think, on uh, Friday, January the 1st, New Year's Day. But if you're in the market uh, for manufactured or natural stone to accent or update your exterior or interior project of any size, in Centurion Stone has a variety of styles, patterns, and colors for your every need. The website's never closed. You can visit them, centurionstoneofiowa.com. When the showroom is open as it is today and tomorrow and will be next week. It's at 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. Centurion Stone of Iowa. Thank you, Joe Farron. Thank you, Justin Luch, for your support. Uh, David Kaplan on our radio program. The Cubs are in some financial troubles. Yes, they are. Wow. This is not a quick turnaround, it doesn't look like, either. No, I mean, Trent, they... Go got, all in and just get rid of it, right? Don't... If you're going to do it, just do it. Got the team you mean? Yes. Yeah. There's no sense piecemeal in it. Unless you think the division is just that bad that you can get into the playoffs at 84 and 78. Well, and, sure, the Reds lost Trevor Bauer. Mm-hmm. Sonny Gray's apparently on his way out. That's a pretty good one-two punch at the top of right. that rotation. Uh, the Cardinals will be okay. The Cardinals are always the Cardinals. The, yeah. the Cardinals are always going to contend. They're not going to win 102 games, but no. they're also not going to lose 88 Death, games. Death, taxes, and the Cardinals in the playoffs. Not uh, quite as good as it used to be. True, but it's still, uh, still pretty close. The Brewers are okay. I think they're trending the wrong direction. Do you? Okay. The Pirates are still... The Pirates are awful. Stink. Two years away. They're three. selling guys. They're yeah. getting rid of their guys. Uh, it's not a great division. No. But you're a big market team. You're the Cubs. It's about winning a world, another, another World Series now. Not winning the division and getting swept by the Braves. And, and Losing to the Marlins. Here's the, Cappy brought this up, because I've heard this criticism as well. I mean, the Darvish thing, the Darvish trade was whenever it was, and the news came down the last couple of days. They're showing, as Cappy said, fishing shows. Marquee Network, that's... 
Theo Epstein has his end-of-the-year press conference. You'd think that the Cubs television station would carry that. Fishing show. As Cap said, when the, the uh, we use the word scoop or the little nuggets you want put out there, they're not feeding them to their own property. That's a problem. That's a problem, man. And to 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 invest in a television station the way they did. Now, timing is obviously couldn't have been worse, right? Mm-hmm. They opened, they, they cut the ribbon on a t- their own TV station. And oh, by the way, a pandemic hits and baseball is shut down right. till when when was it? August, last, late July. Um, yeah, no fans in the building. They got problems. They bought up all of that area, and that that the bills come due. A billion dollars. A billion dollar billers come due. Uh, Rob Doster is due to join us next. We will uh, speak to uh, Rob Doster, field of 68. Uh, he's really good on college basketball, and he will join us next. Miller in Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 100 bets off. Starting this Friday, you'll be able to sign up for the DraftKings Sportsbook app from anywhere, including your house. To kick off the new year, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all players a chance to double their money if a touchdown is scored in Friday's semifinal game taking place in New Orleans. That's right. All it takes, one touchdown for you to double your money. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe secure, and reliable, making it easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KXNO when you sign up to have a shot at doubling your money. If a touchdown is scored in Friday's college football semifinal game taking place in New Orleans. That's code KXNO for new players to get a shot at doubling their money for a limited time and only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Iowa only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800- Available coupons vary. Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM, just past 11.30 on a Wednesday. Let's get our friend Rob Doster in here. Uh, Rob Doster covers college basketball. Him and Jeff Goodman are in your Twitter feed seemingly every morning, bright and early, at least Monday through Friday. And today being no different, we talk a little college basketball from a national perspective. Rob Doster, Happy New Year. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Doing well. You and Goodman doing that every day now, that uh, little podcast you put together? And it's early in the morning, too, for the most part. Oh, yeah. It's very early in the morning. I've uh, It's been a while since I've actually uh, been able to um, sleep in, but you know what it is, what it is. Everybody's got to work, right? Indeed it is. Field of 68 is the uh, uh, where you can find it on Twitter. Well, let's let's start. I want to start at the top because this Gonzaga team, we were really robbed, weren't we, as, as sports fans, as college basketball fans, uh, of seeing Baylor and Gonzaga. These two teams, to me, the Big Ten is such a crapshoot. Uh, but when I Baylor's really good, Gonzaga's really good. We were robbed. What would have happened, Rob? Uh, but but then take out the crystal ball. What would have happened in that game had we been able to watch it? <laughs> uh, it would have been a preview of the national title game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I'm just I, I'm in the camp. I know everybody is is kind of getting ready to uh, to give the title to Gonzaga at this point. Um, and I mean, I get it, man. We've we've seen them play 
Kansas. We've seen them play Iowa. We've seen them play Virginia. We've seen them play West Virginia. We've seen them play basically um, all of the, the the teams that we think are, are really good, have really good programs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've seen them win all these games like pretty handily. You know, they beat up on Kansas. Uh, they were up by twenty in the first half on Iowa. Uh, they, I mean, they made Virginia look like uh, the old Tony Bennett teams before they could actually win a national title. So um, they're awesome. I get it. I totally get it, but we just have not seen uh, Baylor really come out on um, on the same kind of stage yet, and we're going to eventually. You know, we're we're going to see them have a chance to play um, some of these great. Like the the Big Twelve is just ridiculous this year. It so it's is. not it's not as deep as the Big Ten is, but at uh, up top, it's it, it might even be better um, than the top of the Big Ten. So uh, we're they're they're going to get their chances, and they're going to prove who they are. Um, and and once they do, I think that people are going to uh, to agree with me that it, we, we were we jumped the gun a little bit when we said that we needed to um, to to just give the title to Gonzaga because Baylor's awesome. So I, I'm I'm hoping I don't think that that game is going to be able to get rescheduled. Um, it's just if you look at the schedules that these teams play, the the space was December 26th. That was the time to to actually get the game in because that was when uh, we were going to be able to have both of those teams off at the same time. Um, but, you know, I, I hope it happens, man. I hope we get it in the tournament. I, I hope that that is the game that we see for the national title. Maybe it won't be great for the ratings, but it will be great for the actual product on the court. Speaking of the Big 12, we've talked a lot about Baylor. Kansas is Kansas and always a conversation piece. That next group of teams, the Texas, Texas Tech, it looks like those transfers and the new guys starting to meld together pretty well. West, West Virginia, maybe even throw an Oklahoma or an Oklahoma State in the mix. Out of that next tier, who's your favorite? Who do you think could make a deep run come March? I really like Texas this year. I mean, if you're going to give me a team that has really good, solid veteran guards and then a whole bunch of talent and athleticism and versatility on the front line, like that's just the kind of team that you've got to bet on. Right? Like Matt Coleman is one of the more underrated players in the country, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, people just don't realize how good that kid is and how good he's been. Um, in recent years. Uh, and then, like, Kai Lewis, I think he's going to end up being uh, a top-20 pick. Greg Brown is probably going to end up being a top-10 pick if he keeps playing the way that he's been playing recently. Um, it's just that that is a very, very good basketball team. And I'll tell you what, it's nice to see Shaka actually being able to have a little bit of success. I hope it sticks. You know, Shaka is such a nice guy. Um, I, it's never fun to see coaches that you like get put on the hot seat and, and it's so difficult once you're on the hot seat to ever get off of the hot seat. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that that will happen. Um, I'm not 100% convinced that it will. Uh, that's just the way that this business works. And I think Shaka knows that and understands it, but um, you know, it, it's, that's, that's a very, very good basketball team. And I think it's clearly the best team that he's had since he, uh, since he got to Austin. Uh, let's go to the Big Ten. Uh, it, it's such a crapshoot. Trent and I have been speculating. What's it? Is it fourteen and six, fifteen and five? Does get that give you the outright title? Uh, and it very well made. Uh, who is the best team that you've seen uh, in the Big Ten so far this year? <laughs> who knows, man? Is could it be <laughs> Illinois? I don't think it's Illinois. Like they just they can't guard ball screens, but like Iowa can't guard anybody. Um, Wisconsin just went out and they, like I. I thought it was going to be Wisconsin, and then we saw Wisconsin go out and lose like they did to Maryland, where they blew a lead. So, uh, I mean, I, who knows? There's the, the way that I'm kind of looking at it at this point is there's basically like five best teams in 
the Big Ten right now. And, and how shocked would you have been? Like, we're having this conversation about how great the Big Ten is, how tough it is at the top. And it's Indiana and Michigan State, probably the two best basketball <laughs> programs in that conference that are, like, both tied for last place because they haven't won a game yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, while Northwestern just got knocked out of first place. It, it's it's what the, the Big Ten makes absolutely no sense. And I think it's going to be a long time before it makes any sense because it's just there's too many good teams, too many good programs, too many good uh, – too, too many good coaches in that league to um, to 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 give us any kind of uh, any kind of certainty on anything that's going to happen. It's just it's going to be like this every. I mean, go and look at the schedules. It's ridiculous what these teams have to deal with, what they're playing with. <laughs> I mean, Northwestern doesn't play a team that's ranked outside of the top uh, 55 on Ken Palm until their last game of the season. <laughs> if you've already played Nebraska and you only play Nebraska once, you do not have anyone on your schedule outside of the top 55 on Ken Palm. That is ridiculous. Hmm. It's absurd how tough this conference is. It's it's, like it's legitimately laughable. No no conference should be this good. Well, you got a hundred dollars, and you have to bet it done. And you're in New Jersey, a sports betting state, the state that bets more money on sports than any other. (laughs) It surpasses, blown past Nevada, and you have to bet a future on the on the Big Ten. Who are you betting today? Um, To to win the to win the season title, or to win the tournament? Nah, to win the regular season. To win the regular season, um, oh man, I probably would have to take Wisconsin still. Okay, um, I, I just think that they are still the most balanced. They're still the deepest. They're still the oldest. I mean, they're older than Chicago Bulls right now. I'm not even joking. They have two 24 year olds in their starting lineup. You want this is the craziest stat that I've heard in college basketball this season. Are you ready for this? Are you guys sit down. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Are you, are you ready? So Brad Davidson has been in college basketball for roughly 17 years, right? Like, I'm pretty sure that he was a junior on the teams that the Frank Kaminsky and, and, uh, and Sam Decker took uh, to the to the Final Four. And Brad Davison is the youngest player in Wisconsin's starting lineup. That's nuts. They have two 24-year-olds That's in the starting nuts. lineup. Demetrius Christ was born in May of 1996. Assuming that that graduation ends up being like in the first weeks of May, he's going to be 25 when he graduates from college. And he can come back. <laughs> they are so old. <laughs> yeah. And he can come back. That's the, that's the craziest part of all of this. Like, Wisconsin can just run it back next year with a bunch of guys that are like already cashing Social Security checks. It's, it's, it's insane, man. They're so old. I uh, want to take you out to the Big East. You know it well. We have our neighbors over to our west in Creighton. Mm-hmm. Good program. McDermott's done a really nice job. Speaking of guys that have been around forever, Marcus Zagorowski, who's just a junior, he he played, it feels like, with McDermott. Doug, back in the day, he's been around forever. Shoots it like him. How good is this team, though? Is this kind of like we see in our state with the Hawkeyes, really good offensively? Too many questions defensively. One of the craziest things for me, Creighton, people think of this great program. They've never been to a Sweet 16, at least in the modern era of college basketball. Never even been to the second weekend. Your thoughts on the Blue Jays? Yeah, I mean, I'm not as worried about them defensively as I as I am about um, Iowa. Like I wouldn't call Creighton a good team on the defensive end of the floor, but mm-hmm. I do think that they have more... Um, athletic and versatile defenders. Like I think Denzel Mahoney is a legitimately like really good defender, and, and Damian Jefferson is a guy that's versatile and, and can guard some different positions. And I'm not necessarily that worried about if he kind of gets put on an island against uh, pretty much anybody um, in the Big East. And then you know Christian Bishop has 
been serviceable. You know, he's always going to get bullied by guys that are bigger than him, but he's athletic. He can protect the rim a little bit. He, like he can do, he can do a good enough job um, that I'm not overly concerned about them. On that. I think they're good enough offensively to make up for uh, their efficiencies on that end of the floor. Like the big thing with them is, is they're never going to be um, anywhere near what we expected them to be. If Marcus Zagorowski is the guy that he's been through the first month of the season, like he's, I think it's still like the knee issue. I think he's still coming back from it, but until he is playing like a first team All American, which is what he should be, um, then you know they're they're always going to have a little bit of a ceiling, and they're always going to be a little bit capped in how good they are because he's the guy that can kind of create for everybody. Like they got shot makers, right? Like Mitch Ballack can can really really shoot in. Denzel Mahoney can make shots. Damian Jefferson can make shots. And this Antoine Jones kid is um, has been pretty good in stretches. And, you know, like Christian Bishop is really effective if you kind of get him uh, rolling to the rim and you can throw the ball up in the air and let him go up and get it. Uh, the problem is, like, no one, none of these guys can really go out and do any of that stuff just on their own. They have to rely on Marcus Zagorowski to be able to create those chances for them. And he's been like, okay. I guess like he's getting a little bit better. It was nice to see him play a little bit better against Xavier, but it's not like um, he's anywhere near what we expected him to be this season. And until he gets there, you know, Creighton is going to uh, is not going to be able to live up to kind of some of those preseason top ten expectations. Um, once the calendar turns into March, the final weekend, normally the regular season, I haven't checked. I'm just going to assume we're going to see North Carolina and Duke play in the final Saturday night, uh, and it's appointment television. But will it be this year? What about those two programs, those two heavy heads in the ACC, both seemingly down this year? Yeah, well, North Carolina, I'm sorry, Duke is just not very good. And they're not going to be very good. They're not going to get very good, especially if, uh, uh, if this foot injury for Jalen Johnson is something that keeps him out for the rest of the season, which uh, I, I think is a realistic possibility, maybe not necessarily because of the severity of the injury, if you know what I'm saying. Um, but without him, they're just kind of like, they're fine, right? They don't really have a star. I don't know if there's necessarily a pro on their roster. Um, and I don't also don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, right? Like, this is a weird year. I, I think both Duke and Kentucky would be well-served to kind of focus on the guys that they know are going to be there next season and just work on developing them. Man. Like, I, I don't think DJ Stewart is necessarily a one-and-done guy. Why don't you work on making sure that he's a guy that can go out next year and average 20 points a game? Why don't you make sure that you, you develop Jeremy Roach to the point that he is, uh, you know, an all-ACC caliber point guard? Why don't you make sure that you develop Wendell Moore so that he looks like he actually has a clue what he's doing out there? Like, he's he's so lost right now, and, and he should be much, much better um, than he's been. Uh, you know, and I think you can say the same thing for Kentucky, right? Like, if this is going to be a lost season, which I think that it might be for them, like, why not just let Devin Askey run the point full-time and get him to the point where next season – he can be like a, a starting caliber and like really good all SEC kind of point guard, right? Like I, I just I think that makes too much sense, but we'll see if it actually happens. I can't imagine that like Coach Cal is going to punt on a season, so maybe we'll still see Terrence Clark and BJ Boston out there uh, playing thirty minutes a night when it's very obvious that they don't want to be in college. Mm. Good stuff, Rob Doster. Thank you for what you do for us. Happy New Year. Best of luck at Field of sixty eight. We'll talk to you in two thousand twenty one. Thank you, sir. Hey, let's win some bets tonight, all right? Absolutely. Take care. Who's your best bet? Oh. Uh, had to give back to the kids.
Uh, Doster, uh, good guy. No, really. he absolutely is. He lives in New Jersey and he fires. Yes, he does. Uh, Sean Beyer is leaving Iowa. Okay. Uh, Mackay Sargent is leaving Iowa. Zach Van Valkenburg is coming back for another year. There's a bonus that's that huge. I didn't anticipate after the season he put together. Yep. I thought this was going to be a guy that was at least going to give it a shot. Incredibly smart kid. Remember, he graduated in pretty prestigious school up in Michigan in three years. Hmm. Came back, had two years of eligibility. Now we'll have three years of eligibility with the Hawkeyes with the extra year. That helps that defensive line that's yes. Luvin Davion Nixon. Yep. He's gone. Yep. Golston. John C. Golston out of there. Yep. Evans. I still don't see him as a full-time player. Yeah, but he showed from time to time, right? He's more of that pass-rush specialist yeah. kind of player, though. Yeah. But you got Vine Valkenberg on one side. All right, you got a pass-rusher on the other with Evans. You start to mix in some of those young guys. Iowa defense going to be good again. Well, Phil Parker running things. It's a pretty good bet, huh? Indeed it is. We'll come back, finish things up. It's uh, Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Spirits competition. couple of minutes here on a Wednesday. If you are a fan of uh, the Cubs or the Bears, uh, David Kaplan joined us at 11.05. That podcast will be up when, Trent? Half an hour? Hour? Not even. Well, it's posted right away. Takes a while to get into your feed after it's posted, but uh, depending on where you go, yeah, very quickly right afterwards, and you can check those all out everywhere that you download podcasts. Uh, so we've got a couple of games in the Big Ten tonight, uh, uh, basketball-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no conference game in the Big 12. I think Baylor plays somebody. They do. Elkhorn State. They're yeah. favored by 42 and a half. 42 and a half. What are you going to do, Trent? <laughs> Not touching that one. Uh, 42 and a half. Um, but Nebraska plays tonight, right? Do they have Ohio State? They do win Columbus. Okay. That's one of my plays tonight. It, what, who, what are you going to do? I'm going to grab the points in the Huskers. Plus the 12 and a half. Already playing today, Wake Forest in football. Yeah, and it's 14-7. They lead Wisconsin. They were up 14-zip, but Whiskey just went down the field to cut it to a touchdown. Also have some A-10 basketball that I'm flipping back and forth with. St. Joe's uh, getting 11 against VCU. Uh Looking good early, not looking so good now as the lead for VCU has grown to 8. I'm getting 11. Still, how much time? time. Don't feel as good as you once did. No. Uh, Well, coming up, uh, folks, we've been talking about it. uh, Trent and I have for for a long time, but it's it's here as of what's the day today? The thirtieth today. So so Friday, Mm -hmm. um, we will have a significant change in sports wagering laws. You can sit on your couch, you can sit in your car, sneak out to the garage, whatever you have to do. and you can download, and you, you don't have to go to a casino to, to sign up for any sports bet. We uh, endorse DraftKings mm-hmm. and their app, and that's coming as soon as Friday. So it's going to make it a whole lot easier. I'm really anxious to see what it does to the to the betting handle in the state. Oh, what was, yeah. what was it? What did they do you remember, was it 74, was it 80 or 70 million? 70 some million, I want to say. And that was a high watermark? Mm-hmm. I'm anxious to see what happens January, um, you know, with all the basketball, with the NFL football, the playoffs, etc. Um, does it does it bring the uptick that that a lot of folks believe that it will? Yeah. Will more people bet on sports because it's easier to do so? I mean, that kind of makes sense. Well, and we're also in the still in the middle of a pandemic. How many people just 
normally, yeah, I was interested actually in opening an account, but I'm not going to a casino to do it. Right. How many of those people are mm-hmm. out there of our three plus million people in our state? Mm-hmm. Got to guess quite a few that are in that avenue or just don't want to make the drive to Jefferson. Don't want to make the drive to Iowa City. Don't want to make the drive wherever it may be. Was it Burlington with points bet? It's a long haul from that central is. Iowa. And points bet's becoming very, really popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, Teddy Greenstein, and that's Rovell, right? Points bet, I think it is. Is he part of that? Yeah, I think it is. Um, we just heard from uh, a prediction of $120 million, so up by 30 35%. This is a guy that's that would involved be, with DraftKings and Wild Rose. That would be a huge, huge uptick. Yeah. Wow. We'll see. We'll see. So that's what you're doing tonight, tomorrow? Uh, yeah, my favorite one I didn't give you. Well, you're keeping us waiting? I'm pulling up. Just wanted to make sure. The number. UConn against DePaul tonight, laying eight. Like the Huskies. DePaul's hardly played this year. UConn's pretty good. Okay. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. On the good. bubble. Uh, tomorrow we will have a good look at uh, the Bears and uh, the Packers. Well, hopefully we'll get Mitch Holtus in here. Uh, see if he can join us to, uh, on Thursday, opposed to Friday. Of course, there's no local shows on Friday. Uh, Bama will be here, and so will Dave Sproul and Tom Cakert to talk about the Cyclones and the Hawkeyes, respectively, as the Hawks and Rutgers play. And, of course, there's that little fiesta bowl that we need to talk about. Miller and Condon, 1460, KXNO, 106.3 FM. It's basketball season in Hawkeye country, and we've got you covered. Previews before the games, recaps the next day. Enjoy the ride with us, Hawkeye fans, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 AM and 106.3 FM, KXNO.